Welcome to Calvary's small group curriculum for our eight-week fall teaching series, Calvary Next. This is the audio version of the video teaching for our small groups. Please go to calvarywestlake.org forward slash next to access the video, group discussion guide, and daily devotionals for each week. Now, here's session one. In this first session, we will be looking back and focusing on God's faithfulness with Pastor Sean and Jason McMaster, our executive pastor. Hi, this is Pastor Sean, and I'm so glad to be with you. We're going to be looking today at Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 40. We're going to be talking about how important it is to be able to look back and see the good hand of God, see his faithfulness in your life in the past. And so the Apostle Peter steps up and he speaks to the crowd. And basically, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 40 is a record of Peter's message, the first message of this church that has been birthed as the Holy Spirit came upon the followers of Jesus. And he begins by going backward. He, he looks back at what has happened and how God has been faithful over the ages. And because God has been faithful over the ages, we know God will then be faithful now and into the future. And I think it's important for us to understand that. We've got to be able to see the good hand of God in the past to recognize that God will be good to us today and we can trust him to be good and faithful to us tomorrow. So in Acts chapter 2, we read in verse 14, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. And then he quotes, as you see in verse 17, verses 16 and 17, he quotes from the Old Testament prophet Joel that there would be a time coming that would be like this. And then he quotes from David, the great king of Israel. In verse 25, he talks about how David spoke of this Lord that was coming. There would be a day like this day when there would be celebration among the people of God because the Messiah had arrived. He even says that in verse 29 that David died was buried and his tomb is here to this day, but he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Verse 31, seeing what has has was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, Peter says, and we are all witnesses. And then he talks about Jesus being exalted to the right hand and the Holy Spirit pour, being poured out on the followers of Christ. And he says, that's what you see today. So to understand the context of that day and what was taking place as the Holy Spirit came on the church, to communicate that to the Jews of Jerusalem and the Jews who gathered for the Feast of Pentecost from around the world, they gathered there in Jerusalem, Peter goes back and rehearses how God has been faithful and what had been promised uh, regarding the Messiah, that now that has been fulfilled. And so we see in verse 38, Peter replied as he concludes this whole message, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, wherever you are in, in your walk with God, maybe today you lack some peace. There are some, there are some things in your life that are just disturbing and have you kind of out of, uh, out of kilter. You feel like you're just off balance a bit, or maybe you feel like you're in the middle of a, a giant fog of confusion, so you lack peace today. Maybe even as you look forward, you struggle with, is, is there hope? I mean, is there something better coming? Is this what it's gonna be from now on? And sometimes we feel that way. When you lack peace today and you can't see hope, hope for tomorrow, it's important to stop 
even as Peter does on this wonderful day, the birth of the church, the day of Pentecost, it's important to look back and count our blessings. Sometimes we say that and it becomes very trite, you know, count your blessings. But it's so important to do that, to see the good hand of God. I've seen in my own life when I, I really can't see forward and maybe I feel like I'm in a fog today, there is clarity that comes when I go back and I say, look what God did a year ago. Look what God did in our lives and our family five years ago. Look at how God provided when we, we didn't know how he was gonna provide. It's important to go back and, and count those blessings. Now, let me tell you a couple of ways in which you wanna count your blessings. Num number one, you, you wanna look back. That's important. You wanna look back and go back uh, five, 10 years even. Over the span of time, you can see the way God moved and God intervened in your life and took care of you. Go back and count those blessings. Make a list. Sometimes when I'm doing this, I just open a note on my, my iPhone and I call it blessings. And then I just create a list just in the note. When I think of something God did for Leslie and me and for our family uh, two, three years ago or further back, or I think of something God has done in my life personally for me or for our church here at Calvary, I just list those blessings. And then when I lack peace today, or maybe I just can't see forward, there seems to be a fog ahead or a storm ahead, and I'm struggling to find hope in the future, then I go back and I read that list and I say, wait a minute. If God was faithful then, he'll be faithful today. And if God was faithful then and he'll be faithful today, he'll be faithful into the future. So look back, Peter does that clearly here. And then after you look back, then you need to stop and look up. And so after you count your blessings, stop and look up and thank God for those blessings and ask God to help change your perspective and to give you fresh eyes on the circumstances of today. Ask him to give you peace. Take before him the burdens and problems, the struggles you have. Just take those before the Lord. You look back, you make that list, you count your blessings, the things to be thankful for. Then you look up and you say, okay, God, I see that faithfulness. I see that consistency. I see where you intervened. I see where you took care of me. And now I trust you with today. Today, I need you to show yourself mighty and faithful. Allow me to see your good hand in my life today. You look back. You look up and then you look forward. And sometimes uh, as I'm looking forward, I say, wow, there's a lot on the horizon that doesn't make sense to me. There are a lot of things and variables going forward I don't control about my family, about my ministry, about the church, whatever it is, my health, the health of people I love. And yet I stop and I say, okay, I've counted my blessings. I've looked up to you to provide me peace for today. And because I can look back and see your good hand and I'm trusting your good hand today, I can walk into tomorrow knowing you will meet me in that moment. You will meet me in each of those situations. You will be there and you will be faithful. Thanks, Sean. That's really helpful to kick us off on this whole series. And um, Jason, I wanted yeah. to ask you and start this conversation with you. Um, you have been part of Calvary for more than 30 years. We won't say how old you are, but more than 30 years. Um, and in the different seasons of your life and the different seasons of Calvary, what are a few things that really stand out as um, the hand of God's faithfulness on our church? Hmm, that's a great question. As I look back on my childhood, um, being over at the Labaya building, mm -hmm. I, I just I'm so grateful and thankful that the Lord brought Larry and Becky DeWitt and just his teaching and, and just thinking about a church that didn't have a parking lot and mm -hmm. to see that explode and take off. 
And then even being a part of it when we had Palm Sunday and we were walking over to this new building and the Lord providing this building uh, during one of our seasons that was challenging. The Lord brought Pastor Sean and his whole family. And that was a not only a stabilizing force, but a a revitalizing force at Calvary. And um, so he's been incredible. I mean, there's so many examples, but those are just a few that stand out to me. So in this passage, we see examples of how Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the scripture in the Old Testament. And we see that with David and Joel and those things. I wonder um, for you guys personally, if there's ever been a promise that God has given you that you wouldn't mind sharing with, you know, Hmm. a thousand of your friends um, that has come to fruition, but maybe over a long period of time. I think partly what's difficult for us in the moments is when um, we know God's been faithful in the past, but we want it now. Um, And so I think patience is such a big piece of that. And I just wonder if there's stories in your life where you've had to wait after God has given you um, a promise or an inkling of something to come and you've had to wait and then to to see it come to fruition. Does anything come to mind? Yeah, I immediately think of something God taught me around the age of 15 in a, in a little thing that happened that then has translated into almost every year of my ministry, especially here hmm. at Calvary. And that was when I was about 15 years old, there was an event that was coming in our little youth group in the church I grew up in in Northern Indiana and I wanted to go to it, but I don't know, it was like $10 to go to this event. And where we were as a family was really challenging. My dad's factory was on strike and there were different hmm. things going on and it was not easy for us to afford some of those little things. And so I remember being in the bus going to, to the middle school I attended at the time ninth grade and that time middle school included ninth grade and sitting looking out the window at cornfields as we're driving to school and say, saying to the Lord, I'd really like to go to that, but I don't have any money and I don't want to ask dad for money. And I remember I got home that night and an aunt of mine called and asked if I'd watch her three boys. And she paid me like $10 for the whole time I'd watch these boys. It was exactly what I needed. That's very small, but for a 14 year old, it was a big deal looking out the window and talking to God. And so even we get to the end of the year, uh, physical year as we're approaching uh, the end of a physical year or the the calendar year in December, when we have a big challenge around a December offering, I, I can get pretty nervous about, oh, we're a little behind last year where we were at this point or whatever. And the Lord takes me back to that bus. Mm and says, you remember when you asked me then and I took care of you then, I know, it was, you know, he kind of reminds me it was $10, wasn't a big deal. Now we're talking maybe thousands or maybe millions of dollars. And yet I've watched God constantly be faithful. And sometimes I think he messes with me. He's playing with me because he'll make sure it, the pattern this year doesn't exactly match the last three years giving. And it's God's way of saying, haven't I taken care of you since that time you were just looking for 10 bucks? Mm-hmm. And, and God has done that for Calvary over these last several years. And it's been not only a, a reminder for me as a leader, but it's been a reminder for me as a, uh, a child of God yeah. that uh, from 14 till now, uh, God has always taken care of my needs. Hmm. Oh, that's a beautiful example. How about yeah. you, Jason? A couple of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. But a couple of things come to mind. When I was baptized uh, my junior year in college here at, at Calvary and Larry DeWitt oh. came outside and met with me and I was thinking I was going to go on to medical school, become a doctor. And that, that was the path I was on. And Larry just looked at me and said, hey, I see you being a pastor one day and you're mm. going to be in ministry. Wow. And I remember my first reaction inside wasn't a very positive one. I was sitting there <laughs> thinking, no, I've been working really hard and I'm going to go be a doctor. And I thought, well, that's really nice of him to say. It's amazing, though, how the Lord used that mm. in my life and had me start thinking about, like, what does the Lord want me to be when I grow up versus what do I want to do? Mm. And so he used that conversation in my life 
you know, and here I am sitting with everybody. And <laughs> it's amazing as I look back on that one conversation that the Lord used. Sean, you gave us uh, a three-part handle mm -hmm. kind of to deal with times uh, when we may feel stuck and wondering what is ahead, especially if God has given us something, uh, a promise or some inkling of something and we're not seeing it yet. So you said to count your blessings, stop, look up, and then to look forward. I was wondering if either of you could share a concrete example of um, how you've worked that process in an issue that's come up maybe more recently in the last few years or um, in your life. I know in my own life, I, I think of just as my kids have aged and they've gotten into their careers and into their lives, there are times when there's something about their lives where I look and I go, I don't know how that's gonna play out. I'm not sure what's going, and, I, you know, and I'm, I'm concerned for them or I'm worried for them or I'm praying for them because they take a step into an area that where there's a lot of risk or something. And I find myself having to go back and say, okay, as a matter of fact, I've gone back at times to the times we dedicated our babies, mm -hmm. each of the kids, and they were dedicated in different settings because we were in different churches. But I go back and I think about that day. We said, okay, Lord, uh, John is yours. Katie is yours. Megan mm -hmm. is yours. And I go back to that. And then I say, oh, remember the time, you know, John got bit by the dog and, you know, and God took care of him. And mm -hmm. we, we, or we look at each of the kids and see those turning points. And so for me, when I'm a little bit paralyzed by circumstances or overwhelmed, uh, instead of panicking more about peace today and hope for tomorrow, I go back and look for the faithful hand of God, even with my own kids, as they make new steps forward in life. Mm -hmm. I think as parents, we could probably all relate to that. That's a really good practice. But what comes to mind immediately is when I was serving as head of school at Landmark, and the Lord had prepared us with a lot of challenges before the first two years that I was there. And what that allowed us to do is look at God's hand and faithfulness in and through those challenges. So then when the pandemic was about to uh, happen and we knew we were going to go on lockdown and we were going to send kids home and how we were going to do school, it was wonderful to stop and pause. And we, as a team, I remember this clearly, vividly, that we stopped. We got together as a leadership team and we prayed. And we knew that the Lord had been faithful for the last couple of years in and through all of those challenges before, and that he was going to help us through a very uncertain, unclear time, knowing that he's got it and that we'll be okay going through this. I think part of that for us in what you're describing, what I was describing, what we all go through is it's not our natural gut reaction in the moment right. we're overwhelmed. Right. We don't have peace today and we can't. Have, we don't have hope for tomorrow in that moment. We want to at least for me, I'm a control freak. I think you, you two are control freaks as well. But we Why want, is he calling us out? <laughs> I don't want to be alone in this. Uh, We're together with you. In. We're together. But in that moment, I think all of us in a moment of crisis or a lack of hope, a lack of peace, we try to change the variables now or tomorrow. Yes. We try to force it so that we will have peace or hope. Whereas that might be our gut reaction to do what Jason said and say, okay, let's stop. And let's actually rehearse together, reflect together on how God has been good in the past. And then let's stop and pray and look up and, and commit this to God. And then it seems like for me, whatever variables or whatever aspects I control, I walk into those with peace and with more certainty that I'm walking into the will of God in this, even with the fog or the storm or the overwhelming nature of the circumstances. But I think we have to fight that gut reaction just to control everything right. to give us hope and peace, but to stop and say, wait a minute, God is in control. He's been in control since this point in, that I can remember, you know, like with our kids when they were born or when we right. dedicated them or whatever, or with our career, you know, when I took this job, God has shown himself faithful at this point, he will be faithful right. forward. 
You know, we just joked about you wanting to not be alone and be a control freak, but actually what came to mind is this is part of the beauty of our small groups and of having brothers and sisters yes. together. Because there's been times in our group where we may forget, because in the moment of our challenges, we may forget what God's done in our life and we remind each other and say, hey, remember that happened a while ago. We've had small groups that have uh, written down their prayers and their prayer requests and their times of challenge, and they'll read that back together on a regular basis yeah. or go back and say, remember when that happened and God cured us? Or remember, you know, when you were wondering about the house thing and it worked out or whatever it is. And sometimes I think we are so immersed in the experience um, we need others around us to remind us of God's goodness. That's what the Old Testament often does for us. It's the narratives, right? That reminds us to remember and remember. And I think that's such a beautiful gift that we can give to one another. Yeah. I think, you know, you were mentioning small groups. I think it really is important to understand one of the major um, functions of a healthy small group is to remind each other. Because when you're in the midst of it, somebody else can yes. say, hey, let me show you how God has been faithful right. to us. Right. And then you get that word. Now, at first, we don't want that. Yeah, that's your life, but that's not how it works <laughs> in my life because we tend to, I remember the the Flintstones had a, a version of the cartoon when Bam Bam and Pebbles were teenagers and there was a guy named Schleprock or something and he always had a cloud over him. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. The following was a storm and everything was negative. Whenever he came around, everything fell apart. And I think some of us picture ourselves as the exception that it has to always be negative. But the reason we share in a small group the stories of God's good hand in our lives is so that it'll lift up the eyes of others to see God right. and His faithfulness mm -hmm. so they can begin to have hope in Him forward. Yeah, and sometimes we do say that. When you have trouble believing for yourself, we can believe for each other. Um, and that's the power of community. As you wrap up your time together in your books, there is a graph that I would encourage you guys to take a little time to do together that asks you to plot, um, not in great detail, but just for a couple of minutes, plot the highs and the lows of your life with Jesus and even pre maybe before you became a Christian. And then as you look back, then share those stories of places where you've seen God work, places where God's met you. And a lot of those times, as we all know, are typically when things are harder than necessarily when things are easier. But I just encourage you to use that tool as a way to get to know each other better, know each other's stories better, and to encourage one another to look back um, as you also look forward. Thank you for listening. Please go to calvarywestlake.org forward slash next to access additional resources.